Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited to be here today in God's Word. We're studying the letter to the Galatian church, and which is really a letter to the whole church throughout all time, because what we read about here, what we're studying here, what we're seeing here in the Word of God, the whole church has a problem with it and always has since the church was created at Pentecost and began to uh, move on into its uh, uh, years of use by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Galatians is a, is a book that should be looked at all the time by the church because it shows what happens when we get off track. It shows how to get back on track. Uh, and it shows what it is that will take us off track with the Lord, out of fellowship with Him, out of the possibility of being affected positively or, or, or used by the Lord. Those things can happen. That's one thing that's greatly, that's the main reason this book was written. Uh, so that the church could see we're, we're out of the way. We thought we were going the right way, but the Lord has been able to bring us back. So uh, today is May the 4th, 2018. It's our 25th session. Of course, we're still in Chapter 3. Our website is thecrosswaychurch.com. Our physical address is 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. There's a Donate button on our website. Just click that. Help support the gospel going out for surely. It is the gospel here at Crossway Church. It's not something we call the gospel. It is the gospel that we preach and we teach always, every service, every teaching, opening God's Word and seeing Jesus in the Scriptures, for He is the truth of God's Word. So before we begin this morning, let's ask the Lord to bless us with uh, uh, the bread that we need today. Amen. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your word today, to, Lord, to study your word as, you sh as you've told us to do, that we might find the wisdom and the understanding that you've given us. And, Lord, I know that as we keep our faith in the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, you continue to teach us and, and, and strengthen our, 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 the work of our hands, God. You, you, you draw us closer to you and make the relationship we have more and more intimate each and every day. I pray that eyes would be open today, ears would hear, hearts would step into a place of understanding. There would be direction and redirection, correction, instruction, Lord, in all the things that we need wherever we are today. I ask you, Lord God, to save those that may be listening that are lost. And, Lord, that you would touch and deliver those who are struggling and uh, in conflict against certain spirits of infirmity and other issues. Lord, I pray for miracles today at the work of your hands as your word is taught and preached. And we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here in Galatians chapter 3, where we started last week, Paul describes them as foolish Galatians. Imagine getting a letter from the great apostle Paul, who uh, was the man that the Lord used to preach the gospel to you, to see you receiving the Spirit of God, and miracles worked among the congregation there. And, and then now he's writing a letter calling you foolish. You know, if the preacher were to call somebody foolish today, they'd never set foot back in the door again. And I'm sure that happened in this church. Some people probably heard uh, the pastor of the church read the letter and said, You know what, this Paul guy calling me foolish, I don't appreciate that. And you know, and I'm out of here. And it happened then, and it's happening now. People read the book of Galatians, and they think it's for everybody else but them. But let me just make sure we all understand who this book is going to affect the greatest, and that's those who are allowed 
allow the Lord to rebuke them, correct them, and bring them back to a place of faith and grace. 99.9% of the church today, yes, 99.9% of all preachers in all churches, all congregations, are sitting each week headed the wrong direction. And when they hear ministers use the book of Galatians, uh, t- you know, in, in the context it's written about the church being off track, they always think, we always think we're we're in that little one percent that's right and that 99.9 percent is everybody else i'm telling you if you're sitting in a church today that the preacher's not opening the bible and revealing jesus in the scriptures through faith in the sacrifice you're not in the right church that preacher is not sent by god to deliver what he is delivering and uh, that's just the way it is and so if you're not in church then you need to examine yourself also, unless, of course, there's a legitimate reason for that, which is you can't get up and get there, or there's not a church preaching the message of the cross. So we need to understand, Paul calls these Galatians foolish. That means unwise. That's what the word means when you look it up. You're unwise. You stepped into the wisdom of God when you were born again, but you've become unwise. He said, who has bewitched you? But notice first who he deals with, the Galatians. Calls them foolish. He didn't just start out saying, hello, everybody, who's bewitched you? He says, no, you have become foolish. Here's why he had to do that. This is not just a man writing. This is the, this is the Lord through Paul writing. It's always the Holy... If this is the Word of God, that means the Spirit of God gave what was spoken to Paul. And here's here's why we always have to be dealt with first. You know, so many people come to the altar and they always want to pray for somebody else. And that's okay. But you better be praying for yourself. You better get right with God. A lot of people are convicted of sin in the congregations to the point they feel like they got to go to the altar. They go to the altar. And when they get to the altar, then they want to pray for Aunt Bessie or Uncle Luther or whatever. Then that's fine. But you need to deal with yourself first because that's who God's dealing with first. That's the way it is. He's going to deal with you first, and then he'll be able to flow through you, and that's why he's doing this here. Oh, listen, it's not, Jesus didn't say, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny everybody out there. He said, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself. Why? Shouldn't we deny other things? Yes, we should. But guess who we have to deny? Ourself, because ourself is the one that will receive that false stuff. They can't make me believe false doctrine. These Judaizers that showed up here to drag the Galatian, Christian, spirit-filled Galatians who'd seen the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit, they showed up to drag them back under law. They did not have to go. It's always our decision. My mama, my grandmama, my best friend can't drag me back under law if I don't want to go. But through fear, I can be dragged back under law. It, but it's on me. It's not on them. On, on judgment day, nobody will stand before the Lord and, and be able to say, but Lord, they did this and they did that. that that's not going to happen. The reason I was the way I was, Lord, is because that man did that to me when I was a little girl or that woman did that to me when I was a little that, That's not acceptable. Because it's on you who you have become, not on what they do to you. Christ was offered so that all that could be written off, erased with the blood, and you could be a brand new creation in Christ. No need living in yesterday. You're not there anymore. Amen. 
Amen. Listen, we need to get this right. First, he always deals with us. God's not going to show up in your life and give you such a great spirit of discernment that you are always always know what's going on in everybody else's life. The, the, the gift of discernment begins right here. We need to understand that. God's not given anybody a spirit, and one, discerning of spirits is one of the gifts. But God's not giving it to you so you can just see what's going on in everybody else's life. He's giving it to you. Number one, main reason, is so that you can deal with your own self and know where to walk and, and allow him to deal with you. And then through that, dealing with your own self, then God will begin to give you the wisdom, not a spirit of busybody and gossip, a spirit of wisdom to be able to see what's going on in other people's lives so you can give them the word of truth to help them. Amen, Brother Curtis. So it always starts right here because this right here is where it's going. It ain't go, when we get to judge when we get to judgment seat of Christ one day. I'm not gonna be able to say, "Well, Lord, you see that guy there?" Now <laughs> ain't gonna be nobody there but me and him. It's just me and him. It ain't gonna be about what they did or didn't do for me to me. All all that is not gonna hold nothing because it's not about them. It's about how I responded to him. Amen. So he starts out calling them foolish. That means silly. It means unwise. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you? And we covered that last week. If you want to hear more about it, go back and listen to last week's episode. All these teachings and all our services here at Crossway Church are uploaded to our YouTube page, Curtis Hutchinson 316. It's there for you. Even my teaching presently going on on the book of Romans is there. So I believe I'm, I'm, I'm still in verse 8 and I've done 11 sessions. So we're kind of going slow because it's good verse 2 this only would i learn of you did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith now now think about this paul's asking them how did you receive the spirit he's trying to get them to remember and that's what the lord does with me all the time he always in almost daily study in his word and I mean, I study it every day, but almost every day he reminds me of my born-again experience. Because remember, his word says he made known the end from the beginning. If you want to know how your Christian life should be lived, look back to your born-again experience. There's where it all began, and where it began is how you will live your life and how it will end if it ends right for you. Amen. So when we, when we were born again, when we became the children of God, we did not do anything. Because we can't do anything to be saved. We can't, we can't work for it. We don't deserve it. There's all the gold and silver, the Bible says, can't buy one soul. But the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus. We didn't do anything to be born again. All we did was believe, and that's what he's trying to get them to see. This I would learn of you. Please tell me, he's saying, did you receive the Spirit of God by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And he knows the answer. He's asking them to get them to remember. And man, I'm going to tell you, the church needs to hear this today. We got churches here in our town. Let me tell you, there is local churches in every town in the world. Wherever there's churches, there's always a church the devil has brought in and using the flesh of men to try to get us to literally believe that 
even though when we were Gentiles and lost, we weren't even the children of Abraham. We were stinky dogs, the Bible calls us, Gentiles. Without hope, outside of the people of God, we were not a people, the Bible says. And we didn't deserve anything. All we did was hear the gospel and know that God loved us and gave his son for us too. And we believed it. So if we couldn't do anything as a stinky dog of a Gentile except believe, what makes us think we can go back to doing something now? We can't. It's all by grace through faith to begin, to live, and to end. And that's what he's trying to get them to do here is to look back. He's like, this I would, I only would I learn of you. Come on, somebody help me. Tell me, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Did I show up and preach the law to you that gave you the Spirit of God? Did I show up and tell you you had to do these things? Preachers are doing that today. Yeah, there's people right here, churches right here in our town that say, listen, if you, you have to be baptized in Jesus' name only in the water, and you better come up speaking in tongues or you're not saved yet. Listen, all of that is something we're doing with the works of our hands, even though water baptism is a good thing. But, man, we're so prideful and arrogant. We'll, put, we'll take the Scripture outside of the avenue through the blood in which it's all already finished by the grace of God, and then in our pride and arrogance, we'll add to it to try to make ourselves, our church, look like we got a corner on something. You know what? <laughs> That's what the church does. You got this church over here. They got their own little twist on the Bible. This church over Well, we got our own little twist on the Bible. Listen, if you got a twist on the Bible, you're twisted. All we do is see Jesus in the Scriptures as having already accomplished all things for salvation. And I can't add to it if I do. The mentality is there that I've got to work for it. And if I work for it, then God owes me something. And see, that's, that's what the devil brings in. That's what our flesh, so prideful and arrogant. And if you're not willing to admit... You know, if grandma, even though she's a loving grandma or a loving whoever, is trying to add to you for salvation other than simple faith in the cross of Christ, even though they're trying to love you, God, that's not love. If somebody's leading you off track, even if they don't know they're doing it, it's not love. Love will never lead you off track. And let me tell you something this morning about dear old grandma or grandpa or mama, dad, son, daughter, whoever it is that cares a lot about you. God won't honor your best intentions. If God honored our best intentions, God wouldn't have ever wrote this letter to the Galatians. He'd have said, well, I see their heart. They want to serve me. But no. The Lord had Paul stand up and rebuke Peter. The Lord had Paul write an entire letter to the church in Galatia because they were... Even though they thought they could serve God even greater under the law, God says, you can't serve me at all under the law. You didn't receive my spirit when you uh, did any work. And that's what Paul's trying to get them to remember here. That's pretty powerful that this is where the church is. You know, there were some young ladies here Wednesday night, and when I said you know, something negative about the denomination, the Church of Christ, that don't even think you can be saved unless you're water baptized and unless you're in their denomination, then I, mean, I said something about that negative uh, Wednesday night. Man, they went to rolling all over their chairs. You know, and I, I wasn't being ugly, but you know what? Until somebody hears what they're in is not biblical, then they're just going to stay in it. Somebody's got to tell somebody. Paul did. 
It's not ugly to correct somebody. It's love to correct somebody. It's not ugly to say you're going the wrong direction because look what the Bible says. Well, bless God, you ain't judging me, are you, preacher? Well, no, blah, 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 blah. God's Word is God's judgment. We're just to point people to God's Word. Amen. And when God's Word says you're not saved by works, then we need to help those that think they are saved by something they're doing, which is works, which is law, and let them know if you keep believing that. Man, if you are saved, you're never going to live for God. You're never going to have victory. But there's a possibility if that's all you've ever believed, you're still not saved. Powerful. These are saved people Paul's talking to. Spirit-filled Christians Paul's talking to. And the problem, the danger that they're in is they're removing themselves from the place that the Holy Spirit can work. We saw that in Galatians 1 and 6, and we'll see it later in Galatians 5, 1 through 4, that you can remove yourself from him, the one who can uh, uh, give you the experience of what happened at Calvary. You never hear this taught. You never hear this preached in pulpits because this, my friend, will, will get people, their pride and arrogance will leave you preaching all by yourself. They'll take their money, their time, and all their everything away from you if you start telling them, that if their faith is not in the cross alone, they've removed themselves from the Lord and fellowship. They will not stand for that. That's why these cross-preaching churches are not packed out and loaded because people do not like being confronted. That's why they don't read the book of Galatians. And when they do, they just skim through it or think it's for somebody else because I'm right with God. Hallelujah. And listen, you have to be sincere with the Lord. You have to be honest with the Lord. Am I trusting today in anything other than the finished work of Christ? Am I reading books and trying to do what these books say for victory? Am I caught up in some church and these Judaizers have, have I accidentally and, and subtly, deceitfully been ushered into a congregation because it felt good? Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're raised up Baptist all your life and you went into a spirit-filled church one day and you went, my Lord, I've never been anything this alive before in my life. This is powerful. This is great. They're worshiping God, hands lifted, clapping, man, people are dancing around like the bible says hallelujah and then they start teaching on the baptism with the holy spirit and and you're like huh what's that and you get in the word and you find out it's in the word and and, and, and they said my lord and then but here that's good but here comes the danger the devil says well guess what you didn't know about that look at all this other stuff you don't know about and that other stuff is not biblical a lot of that other, just because you didn't know about something and it is biblical, don't mean that just because you hadn't heard of something that it is biblical. And I'm telling you, we just subtly and deceitfully went into that place, and, and we were baptized with the Holy Spirit during that time, but we never heard the preaching of God's Word as it is in truth. It was always about what we need to be doing, what we've got now. The We've got a market now on this corner, man. We've got it, and now everybody's going to line up on the highway and come into our church and all this stuff. And all it was was a bunch of law, just a bunch of law. The evangelist would come to preach the gospel. Nobody would show up for services. The prophet would come to give you a, a word which was always just of the flesh, and you couldn't get enough chairs to fill the house because the church is flesh today. It's flesh today. It's just almost all flesh today because they do not understand, they will not accept that Galatians is for us today as well. It's not just to somebody almost 2,000 years ago. The book of Galatians is the Bible. It's the Word of God, and it will help you get back on track. 
but you are going to have to be like some of these Galatians who've repented and got back on track. And yes, that means removing myself from the Judaizers, removing myself from the preachers that preach law. Listen, I can't draw them into where I am by continuing to honor their false teaching and preaching. Got a lot of people doing that today. They hear the message of the cross. They know it's right, but they stay planted under somebody that's not going that way. He's got no intentions of moving that way. And we're playing games with our own selves because we like the building or we've been there so long. We've got relationships. And I have no doubt that Paul had good relationships with some of these Judaizers before he was converted. But guess what? After the conversion comes, there's no fellowship with law and grace anymore. There's no fellowship with light and darkness. We have to let God move us on even though they won't come. And lots of times, just like we read about in the Bible, even though you separate yourselves from them and you won't go with them anymore, they're going to follow you around now trying to pull you back at all times. Amen. It happens all the time. People trying to pull us back under law. So, works or law. Galatians chapter 4, we're getting ahead of ourselves in our study, but we've got to jump over sometime later to, to see what Paul said. In Galatians 4, 5, and 6, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, To redeem them that were under the law, that tells us right there, Christ didn't come to, to get us out from under the law and put us back under the law. He came to redeem us from under the law. The redemption of God through Jesus Christ was to get us out from under the law that we couldn't obey. We were under the curse because we could not obey the law. You still can't obey the law without your faith in the cross and the Spirit of God be the one working through you. So he says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. When did we receive the adoption of sons and daughters? When we allowed the Lord through our faith in the blood of Jesus to redeem us from under the law. The adoption is only for grace, not law. Law causes the adoption to not work properly. Just because you go back under law does not mean that you're, you're no longer a son or a daughter. It means now you're a son or a daughter operating in a place where the, 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 the benefits of the, the, the adoption are not working for you. We need to remember that. That's why the letter's written. Because we're sons and daughters of God redeemed by the blood. But if we go back under the law, all the benefits of adoption cease. And this is what the church won't hear. They won't hear, well, no, God, you know, he'll never leave me or never forsake me. And that's all we've quoted for 200, 300, 400 years. But we've never really taken the book of Galatians and admitted, I said honestly, humbly admitted, he'll never leave me or forsake me, but I can remove myself from him. It's in the Bible. And that's where most of the church is today. They get into sin, and they say, well, thank God he'll never leave me or forsake me. They find themselves listening to a preacher like me and saying, well, you know, uh, you know, we're in the government of 12 movement. That's a movement of God and the accountability movement or the purpose-driven and all these things that are out there. Oh, yes, we still believe in the cross, but God's using these things. God's not using anything but Jesus and what he did at Calvary. God's not even using a church facility that's not preaching that message. Because that's what people say. Well, you have Sunday school, don't you? Yeah, but we're not trusting in the Sunday school. We're trusting in the message that's in Sunday school. Well, you go to church, don't you? You're trust same thing. No, it's not the same thing. We have meetings at church. We're not trusting in our going to the meeting. We're trusting in the message that comes out in the meeting. And it better be the only message that God works in. 
which is the truth. Amen, Brother Curtis. Watch this. To redeem them, Galatians 4, verse 5 and 6. To redeem them that were, I like the word were, because I ain't no more. <laughs> I'm not under the law anymore. Under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because your sons, might as well add daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Think about that. The moment you, by faith in the blood of Jesus, were redeemed, you received the Spirit of God. You didn't work for it. I'm, this scripture is here in our study today because it's proving what is Paul is trying to say, which he does say to them later on in this letter. That the moment we were redeemed from under the law, we received the Spirit of God. We didn't work for it. We didn't have to go get water baptized to get the Spirit of God. We didn't have to go do anything. The moment we believed, the Spirit of God moved in inside of us and made our body His temple. And that's just the way it is. That's biblical. So, what everybody else is saying, I ain't got time to listen to them. Romans six seventeen and 18 says, But God be thanked that you were, there's that word again, you were the servants of sin. How were we servants of sin? Because we were under law. Under law, oh, this ain't going to be too good for a lot of folks this morning, but it's good for us. If you're under law, all you can do is serve sin. If y'all are cold, you can turn that air off, Marissa. Hit the off button. It's fine. We usually have it off anyway during our teaching. So, so, so let's get this right this morning. Under law, oh, this is not going to be nice for a lot of folk, but it'll help you if you won't be prideful and arrogant. Under law, all you can do is serve sin. Not me. I don't drink Jack Daniels no more. I don't smoke that pot no more. I don't cuss no more. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do. That had nothing to do with your salvation to begin with. Isn't that good? You didn't get saved because you stopped drinking. You stopped drinking because you got saved. Amen. So it's not about what you're doing and not doing. Thank God if you're not drinking, doing drugs anymore. Praise God for that. But if your faith is not in the cross of Christ alone, you're under the law. And under law, all we can do is allow the sin nature to rule. Because if our faith is not in the cross, then our faith is in something we're doing. And whatever it is we're doing, God calls that law. That's works. Under law, we only serve sin. Watch this. It's in your Bible. But God be thanked, Romans six seventeen. but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Did you say? Being then made free from sin proves the form of doctrine that we obeyed, God calls it, through the Apostle Paul, was the truth, the message of the cross, because that's all, that's the only thing that will free you from sin and make you a servant of righteousness. So think about that. If that is the only thing that saves you and frees you from sin and makes you a servant of righteousness, why would you go back under the law? Because that's what he came to redeem you from. Now, the deception is, and it was there, and it's here today. The deception is, and James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, was even deceived. Because in Acts chapter 15, he tells uh, Paul that there are many Jews who are now believing upon Christ and more zealous for the law now than ever before. 
you're not to go back under the law. Yes, the law and its moral code is to be experienced by us now, but it can only be experienced by us by the power of the Holy Spirit who will only work in our lives when our faith is in that doctrine that freed us from sin and made us servants of righteousness. You go on and read in Romans chapter 6, the Bible tells us that we have to yield to that truth to be able to bring forth the fruits of righteousness. It's the same truth. Amen? It's powerful. And so, if you think about it, this is where the Lord found me. This is where the Lord has all these, those of you that don't know what we're talking about, this cross-preaching churches. I'll keep hearing this phrase, the cross-preaching churches, popping up all over the United States, even over in foreign countries. Cross-preaching churches. These are full of people who God has found in the same place. He found these foolish Galatians, and God is using men like he's used Paul here, and he's using this book of Galatians and the book of Romans that will bring a humble, honest heart out of, out of the law they've been subtly and deceitfully uh, uh, moved into, seduced by the devil, thinking that these moves are moves of God and they're only moves of our flesh and Satan. We need to think about that. God will not use anything outside of faith in the cross to save, to sanctify, to do anything in our lives. And when we disagree with what I just said, we're moving back under the law. And God found all these people in, that are in these cross-preaching churches today, He found them in this same boat sinking. Now, some of them tell me their faith's been in the cross all their life. And, I, you know, I'm not going to get into that today. But if it had been, they wouldn't have been in some of the congregations they were in. That's all I'm going to say. And some people have told me, well, bless God, I've believed this all my life. Well, boy, we need to give you some brownie points in because you've really been a step above Paul and everybody because even Paul went through this, his own self. When he had to come to the end of his rope again and said, when I tried to serve the law, I died again. Oh, who's going to save this old wretched man? Oh, but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Paul had to go through this to learn it. He wasn't out in the wilderness and just zap. He got a revelation of the cross. No, he learned it as he experienced failure. And the Lord would show him where the victory's at. And even in his failure, in his defeat, as trying to live this life under the law, the Lord would show him it's all about what Christ did and he would begin to experience that himself and write about it. Hallelujah. So we've all, ever Christian that's ever been born has gotten out of grace and back under law and here comes where you have to be really honest. At times we still do. I said if you're humble and honest, we still do. And we try to take matters in our own hands sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, it's a fight of faith that we have to fight to the very end. Amen. Again, what's on trial is the avenue of being sanctified here, which is how to live victoriously for the Lord. So he says here, I, listen, I want somebody to tell me, which one of you is going to tell me here today that did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He goes on to say, are you so foolish? He's already called them foolish. Are you unwise? You unwise Galatians. But verse 3 says, are you so unwise? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Think about this. 
And this is a powerful, powerful scripture if you can get it. Because what Paul is talking about to them, you do know you began in the Spirit when you received Christ through hearing the gospel. See, here's the proof of what we preach and what we teach. Here's the witness of God's Word that lets us know that the way we step into the Spirit, the way we begin in the Spirit, is by believing in the gospel, not any other way. And anybody that disagrees with me, the Lord's trying to get you to see what's written here because it's for you. It's for you. I know what it's like to be caught off track, and I know what it's like in the instant, in that moment. Where, and what, this is what we do. We think about that person. That's what happened to Peter. He heard the Judaizers are coming, those from James Church. He's fellowshipping with the Gentiles. And in the twinkling of an eye, he had, I mean, in the twinkling of an eye, he had, he, 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 he had the Spirit. He had the Spirit of God, and so there was a conviction there that he should not have allowed fear to come into his heart. He's a child of God. He has the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God will keep us and hold us steady. The Spirit of God will never lead us into fear to teach us a lesson. The Spirit of God is always there to convict us, to keep us from fear, because our faith is steadily in the cross. You do understand that. The Lord will never throw you into fear, lead you into fear to teach you something. But the Lord won't give you a spirit of fear. And Peter, in that twinkling of an eye, had that same moment that I had in the Philippines when after the first service, that guy come up and said, you ought not say anything else about the government of 12 negatively because there's several people here that are following that movement. And in the twinkling of an eye, there was something in a moment's time called decision that I had to make. Would I, would I, would I let fear, because let me tell you, I had all, you know, in, a, in about three seconds, you can have lots of thoughts. They say them dreams that are really long you have at night, they're only like two or three seconds. And in a moment's time, I had to deal with fear. I'm talking about a moment's time. I had to deal with fear. I had to deal with, am I going to let this guy rule me and tell me what I can't preach? The, is, is, the, is the gospel really of great value, so great value here? And because my thoughts were this, man, I'm a long way from home. I can't force somebody to get mad over here. You know, I got a pretty wife at home, I got kids, I got church, I got all these things rush into your mind. But you know, in the moment, and I had to make a decision, I'm not saying that I always will, but thank God by His grace that day I said, you know what, I'm probably going to say something else about that. Because it's hurting the church. And I figured we'd lose him, he'd go, he'd just get up and get his stuff and leave. You know, that man came back to every service, sat on the front row and took more notes than just about anybody I've ever seen in church. Maybe he was hungry. I don't know what he had going on, I'll admit that, but I know this, in the moment's time, there was a witness of the Spirit there. If you're born again, you have the Spirit of God, and in the moment's time, you have that, that conflict in your mind right then. Will you or won't you trust me? Well, Peter had that because he's a child of God, filled with the Spirit of God. And in that moment's time, Peter rejected the leading of the Spirit, and he ran back to be with the Judaizers. And when you and I begin to hear the truth of God's Word and realize, listen, if you're born again, if you're not born again, you don't have the witness of the Spirit. I'm talking to those who are born again, have their faith in the blood of Jesus alone. That's how we began in the Spirit, then we have the witness of the Spirit. And when Grandpa comes and tries to tell me, you're really not saved, Curtis, unless you're water baptized in this formula, in that way, in this church, then I've got to say, Grandpa, I love you, but that's not Bible. That's not grace. That's works. 
If I can't do that, then I'm fearing Grandpa or I'm honoring in him in an unhealthy way. Let me say that again. That's fear operating there, and I'm honoring him in an unhealthy way. I've got some unhealthy, unbiblical unity with Grandpa that's not of God, and it will kill me. Mm. We need to know that today. Will you let God's Word rebuke you today? Some of you need to hit the share button after this teaching session. And everybody that knows you on Facebook needs to hear this session today. Not because I'm teaching. It doesn't matter who the teacher or preacher is because it's God's Word. And there are millions upon millions in our country that think they're serving God and they're not even walking with Him. They're not even in the place where He can affect them or profit them any longer because they've removed themselves from Him. They have some of the loudest shouting services every week. They're all into all this worship and all that. Let me tell you something. If our faith is not in the cross, then whatever we're doing is not through Jesus Christ. It means we're not worshiping God means our prayers are not being answered. They're not even really being listened to. All, all that we do as children of God happens through Jesus Christ. And if our faith is not in the cross, that means we've eliminated everything we're doing from being through Christ and by the Spirit. There was some guy that posted on our, when I minister here, uh, like this morning in all our worship services here, on Facebook, people are watching and listening, and, and they'll type in, Little notes, praise God, amen, good teaching, good preaching. Well, some guy posted uh, Wednesday night, this is only half truth. You know, every once in a while you get one of them eggheads that don't know the truth, and, uh, and they just want to, they're under the law, and so they just want to, you know, and it's funny, they never tell you what the other half is. If you're preaching the cross, you're not preaching half a truth. If you're preaching exclusive faith in the cross, that's, a whole, that's the whole truth. There is no half of nothing. These are people under the law. Anybody who would say that the message of the cross is only a half truth are people who are under the law. They're they're not experiencing, and I'm not saying they're lost. What I'm saying is, because I don't know who they are, but I'm saying if they are saved, they're walking in a place now where they're not benefiting from the benefits. They're not experiencing the benefits of the adoption because they don't happen under law. They don't happen under law. Why would a beautiful butterfly escaping from a cocoon go back and try to dig its way back in the cocoon? You and I have been brought out from the the law that was killing us, telling us, you will do this, you will do that, and aha, you can't. Aha, you're condemned because you can't. I'm not going back to that. My Jesus paid it all. He is my righteousness. He's the one who gave me everything that I have. He did it all. I don't have to add to it when I think I can. I put myself back in the cocoon and can no longer experience the benefits of who I am in Christ and who he is in me. It won't happen under the law. I know people been in that mess for 67, they die in that. 80 years think they're serving God. You, are, you cannot serve God outside of grace. And grace only flows into our lives through faith in the blood of Jesus, nothing else. And if I add to that, it's no longer grace operating. So that means I'm no longer serving God. I told you, you need to share this today. You've got relatives. Don't worry about them writing you off. You're already written in the Lamb's Book of Everlasting Life. Don't worry about your family writing you off. Your co-workers, they're already talking about you anyway. Give them something good to talk about. Amen. 
Are you so foolish, so unwise, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? And this really is a profound verse of Scripture, as I say it. It speaks of beginning in the Spirit being when our faith was placed in Christ, because that's, that's how they began. That's how they received the Spirit. That's what Paul's trying to get them to see. Paul here calls whatever avenue sanctification is attempted other than by the hearing of faith, flesh. Look here, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, just through the hearing of faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, are you now going to try to be sanctified and made perfect by the flesh? There's a lot being said in one Bible verse here. If it's not by the hearing of faith that only comes through the avenue of faith in the cross, listen, it's flesh. And we as a church for, well, as long as we've been a church, I'm talking about all the way back, we have tried to sanctify our own selves and it will not work. We cannot make ourselves perfect because we could not save ourselves. As again, stinky old dog Gentiles had nothing to offer. All we had to offer was a broken heart and a willing mind to accept the gospel. And when we accepted the gospel by faith, we received the Spirit of God. And the work began. That's why Colossians 2.6 says, As you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. Just like you received Him. See, there's another confirmation of the witness of God's Word. If you try to, and I've been there, and all of Christianity has been there, and at times through fear and other avenues we jump up and, and we're persuaded by people and don't say you can't be or you're going to be. Don't say you can't be or you're going to be. God, Listen, every person that says, I'll never do this and I'll never do that, bless God, you're going to get the Peter experience. I'll go with you to death. I'll follow you even unto death before the cock crow three times. Peter said, I ain't got a clue who he is. So don't be telling me what you are and you're not going to do. The Bible is against that. The Bible says, may it whatever is the Lord's will. And sanctification, the Bible teaches, is the Lord's will. But Paul is here teaching that being made perfect, and he's referring to sanctification, our walk with the Lord, is not going to happen by works of the law. You can't, you can't get saved by law. You can't serve God under law. The law is what Christ came to get you out from under at all, for all reasonings. Christ has become, listen, Christ has become our righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, He, Christ, was made unto us wisdom. Righteousness, redemption, and sanctification. Jesus is my sanctification. So what's that mean? That means what he did at the cross not only redeemed me, but it gave me the wisdom of God in who he is for me, and it, it will sanctify me. It made me righteous. Everything's about Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And him becoming my sanctification is me trusting in what he did so the sanctification process will work. And when I try to add to it, like the Galatians were, trying to be dragged back under the law, Paul, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, says, don't become foolish. That's foolish. 
That's foolish to think that you can go back and serve God under the law. He got you out from under the law, not so you could go back now because you're born again and serve God under the law. No, there is no going back under anything but grace for us. If we do, again, we remove ourselves from the benefits of the adoption. didn't say you lose your soul. Not here to teach on that this morning. You can lose your soul. Bible tells that, so those people teaching you can't, they don't have a Bible verse for that, by the way, and if they do, it's twisted out of context, they don't have a Bible verse for that, that's just something certain denominations have accepted, they've taken that because granddaddy and great granddaddy and bless God, great great granddaddy, and that's just my family, and that's more important than what the Bible says, and that's, that's I'm telling you, that's big today in the church. They will go, they will take to the grave what granddaddy taught. Even when you show them in the Bible, granddaddy was wrong. They're just not going to accept that my granddaddy was wrong. And it's because they have a greater value on the granddaddy than they do the Lord. There is such a thing as the fear of man, which means the value of man, and the fear of the Lord, which is the value of the Lord. Which one is greater in your life? Here's where you prove that. Hmm. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove, which is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We're not here to live lives to represent our grandparents or parents. We do that already without trying. We're here to represent Christ as children of God. And that cannot be done, my friend, under the law. It can only be done under grace. Hmm. Paul calls whatever avenue of sanctification is attempted other than by the hearing of faith, that is flesh. Sanctification, referred to here as perfection, is what is now on trial. And if attempted by the flesh, corruption is inevitable. we got Scripture. Now, th think about this, folks. The reason God, through Paul, is trying to get these Galatians to avoid these Judaizers, to come back, those that have been carried off, to come back and to get their faith back properly placed in the sacrifice of Christ instead of the law and things they have to do or things they have to say or all that garbage. Listen, is because if we live after the flesh, and we are, if it's not faith in the cross. We're in the flesh. We can only serve sin. That's just the way it is. People who don't agree with it, some young lady last Friday I saw her, she said, I watch your videos sometimes. And I said, that's good. Which ones you watching? She said, on Sunday morning when you're just cutting up. And you know, and, and bless their little hearts. You know why they say things like that? And this is so, so true. This is so true. These kids these days, they're in their 20s, and they've been in church all their life, and they've never heard preaching. They've been in church every week. They've never heard preaching. They've never heard it. So when they look at somebody like me, they call it, that's just, he's just cutting up. They've never heard preaching. They've heard preachers get up and read the Bible. They've heard preachers talk about movies and songs and the Rangers and the Cowboys. And, and, the, and Andrew went to a meeting, I told you, Wednesday night at the school, uh, the, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he gets to speak sometimes. And You know, Andrew shares the scriptures in the light of Jesus. Well, the youth pastor of a church in our area right here, won't tell you which one, but he gets up and, and he just talks about all these things. And that what they do, what they do almost all the time is just share worldly things and then throw a scripture in at the end instead of sharing scripture. That's what they do. And the kids leave and there's nothing that happened except I went to the meeting this morning. That's all. I went to a meeting this morning. You know, and I feel so sorry for these people. And because, they, listen, number one, they're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
so that they can be endued with power and there will be a work of true ministry taking place in their lives if they come back to the cross. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and not be preaching the Word in its true form. I was there for years. Amen. So, but, but it just breaks your heart to, to, to hear people say, yeah, I saw you just on there cutting up Sunday morning. Listen, I, I hate that grieves my heart so bad. But I know what it's like because I was there. I know what it's like. I look back and we used to, I started by, by drinking beer late at night and watching. First preacher I ever started watching was Creflo Dollar. We're talking about back in the 90s now, early 91, way back. I'd be drinking beer before I'd go to bed, and I'd be flipping through there, and I'd watch a little Creflo Dollar. And I'd just sit there, and, uh, you know, and I can't tell you what was happening. I don't know, but the Lord was stirring my heart somehow to even be drawn in the direction to be listening to a preacher, period. Because my wife had bought me a Bible, and I was wondering, really, what is that all about? <laughs> so the Lord uses people to poke you every once in a while. And let me say this. I need to say this every once in a while. The Lord is only doing one of two things in our lives, and sometimes both of these things. If you're out of the faith, like the Galatians were, he's pointing to the faith. He's reminding us of the faith, where we started, what it's all about. If we're in the faith, then he can lead us in the faith. Amen. And sometimes it's both. We're in the faith, and he's pointing us to more that will keep us in the faith. But we can be out of the faith. That's why Paul, more than a couple of times in the New Testament, we read, examine yourselves to make sure you're in the faith. Not in a church, not in the Bible, but in the faith. Because only in the faith will you be able to accept Galatians for you as a rebuke. When you see you're out of the faith, let's make this clear. When you're out of the faith like I was, and I begin to hear uh, messengers, preachers on the radio talking about the truth of God's Word and, and showing what was false that's out there going on in the churches, and I found myself as a Galatian, a backslidden, out of the way, think, thinking that I was living for God, that I was doing the best I could. God showed up and said, that's what's got you in all your trouble you're in, Curtis, because it ain't about the best you can do. It's about what I did. And he began to remind me that my focus is to be the sacrifice. And that all the things I'd use God's Word to point to were false. They weren't moves of God. They were things written in books by men. And now we finally found how God's going to move and God's going to do this. And every year it's something new. Why does it have to be? Because last year's stuff didn't work really. What does work, and it always works, is faith in the sacrifice of Christ. It's powerful. Mm. So think about that this morning. If, we're, if our faith is not in the cross, we're in the flesh. The Bible here shares that, declares that. Verse 3, are you so foolish? You did begin in the Spirit, but are you now being made perfect by the flesh? What does he call going back under the law here? The flesh. Going back under the law is flesh. And, and later in his letter in chapter 5, we'll see that only under the law, the only thing that can happen is flesh. It's flesh. You can't serve God under law. If you're going to a church not preaching the gospel, the message of the cross, sharing the truth of God's word, you're not serving God in your church attendance. You're not serving God in your church attendance because you can't serve God under the law he's preaching. Yes, he's reading from the Bible. Yes, he's declaring the Word, but he's not declaring it in its righteous context. And God is opposing all his endeavors. And listen, 
God is not honoring your church attendance because it's of the flesh. You may have never heard that before. You're hearing it now. God is not honoring the flesh. God won't honor the flesh. People that have got up and left out of cross-preaching churches where the Spirit of God can move because the truth of God's Word is declared, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the one the Holy Spirit is revealing, and which is the only avenue by which he will be able to work. Jesus is the truth, and all God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. And we get up and leave these places. What we don't know is these places we go to that's not preaching this message. We're not talking about do they preach as good as him. I'm talking about this message. Sitting in a church where I know this preacher's not preaching what I'm hearing on the radio, these preachers that are preaching the truth, God is not honoring your church attendance because your church attendance is in the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. Your hopes, your, in, your inner hopes that this preacher might one day change, that, that you've been here so long, or that there's children here, that there's there, there's, there's here, there's there. Listen, it's not... God deals with us for, oh, foolish Galatians, you... I had to deal with me first. God, I've been foolish. I can't blame people. I can't blame those people for preaching false doctrine. I was in with them preaching it myself. And if you think about this, Paul used to be one of these Judaizers. But he'd been delivered. And when we're delivered, then we don't throw stones, but we do point out where we were wrong and where they're still wrong. A man told me one time, he said, my son's smoking pot. I can't really say anything to him about it because I used to smoke pot. I'm like, what? And this guy was an elder in the church. I'm like, what? This is a long, long time ago in another church. I'm like, what? I said, what we did that was wrong, we don't want our kids to go through it, and we must do everything in our power to keep them from going through it. Just because we did it don't mean they have a license to go through it too. Man, if I'd done heroin and LSD and all that, would I just go ahead and let my kids do it? And I've heard parents say, well, you can't keep your kids from all that. You, you just got to let them get out there in the world and try a little bit. I can't find that in my Bible. And that boy is in the pen today. And those people still are walking in a place until this day. Many burdens, many afflictions, many health issues, many, many things that's not of God in their life because they just will not accept the message of truth. They're calling faith something else. That faith has never worked for anyone because it's not biblical. The hearing of faith is the hearing of the gospel. You say, wait a minute, preacher. The whole Bible's not the gospel. Well, let's get clear on that this morning. The whole Bible is all of God's Word. Amen? Check. God says in Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of His mouth are in righteousness. He doesn't say they're righteous, although they are, but He says they're located somewhere. All the words of His mouth are in righteousness. You got to agree because I just quoted the Bible, Proverbs 8 and 8. Okay, we're in agreement? Check. Okay, the gospel, back up, the righteousness of God is only revealed in and through Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30, He, Jesus, was made unto us righteousness. We're still Bible believers, right? That's right. Check. 
The righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. First, first, uh, not first, Romans 1, 16 and 17. The, God, the, the righteousness of God that's only found in Christ is only found in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. It's in the gospel. The righteousness of God is in the gospel. So all the words of God's mouth, all the words of God's mouth, by which Jesus said we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, if we're believing it in its gospel context. Well, how does that work, preacher? Because, you know, the, 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 the Old Testament is about Jews. And, you know, we weren't there then, and the gospel wasn't there. Listen, the Bible says Abram believed the gospel. How about that? Abraham believed the gospel. How about that? What was the gospel for Abram? That there's a promise. The seed of the woman's going to crush the head of the devil, and the devil's going to bruise his heel. And not only that, but listen, think about this. Abram wasn't made righteousness. He didn't have righteousness imputed to him because he got up and left Ur. He didn't have righteousness imputed unto him until he believed the promise would come through him. That's when he was made the righteousness of God. That's when he had righteousness imputed to him when he believed. Watch this. Let's turn over and clarify that this morning. Uh, uh, is it Romans chapter 4? Is that where it's at? Yeah. That's good stuff. Goes right along with the message today. We've got about three minutes, three and a half minutes. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. Nope, let's back up. Verse 3, what saith the Scriptures? Here we are, Romans 4 and 3. What says, what says the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. What he do? Oh, he didn't. Now, now think about it. This is before the law. Righteousness was granted to somebody who believed before the law existed. That's powerful, isn't it? Let's get on with this. Verse 4, now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. If I think i got to work for it, i got the mentality God owes me. There's a debt God owes me now. Verse 5, because he's going to clarify, get real specific here, point to the object of faith here, but to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly. Does what? Justifies the ungodly. Justifies the ungodly. That means the sacrifice... Faith in the blood. What was Abraham's faith in? The blood. The promise. Watch this. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Did you see that? His faith is counted to him for righteousness. As long as the faith was in the sacrifice, that in which God, only which God uses to justify the sinner... Just like Abraham before the law, just like us after the law, we are granted the righteousness of God. But listen, it is only through the gospel. The entirety of God's word can only be seen in its proper context and it be the good news he intends it to be and it be the life we live by every word that he spoke if it's seen through the gospel. 
The Judaizers showed up in Galatia, and they said, Look, y'all ain't seeing, right? Y'all done. Okay, Christ. Okay, the blood. Okay. But you're really, you really not going to be truly saved unless you're circumcised and you come under the law of Moses. And Paul jumps up and says, Wait a minute, you foolish Galatians. Are you so foolish to let them trick you, bewitch you, and make you believe that you did something to get the Spirit of God? And now... You didn't. Or, and, and if you didn't begin that way, what makes you allow them to lead you in a place that God won't work? God won't work under this place of law. It's powerful. So that what I just illustrated should cl- clear up a whole lot of stuff. About the that's why Jesus could say, "You search the scriptures, for in them you say you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. But you won't come to me. Only through Christ can the the life offered in the scriptures be imparted into our hearts. Only through Christ can the wisdom that's in the scriptures be manifest in our sight, and us walk in that wisdom, that sanctification, that righteousness, that redemption. Only through the blood of Jesus. It's so important." What we're studying in Galatians, we in these cross-preaching churches have been brought out of a mess back under law and where we were deceitfully and subtly led by our own flesh. Our own flesh. They didn't lead me where I wasn't willing to go. I had to be willing to go. But when I began to hear the truth of God's Word, God began to convict me. It took a little while because we'll fight it tooth and nail. Maybe you're listening today and you're mad. You don't agree with it like the guy Wednesday night said. That's only a half-truth. He only speaks that because he's angry. Because if we're right, he's way off track. And we're right because we use God's Word as it is written in truth. That means through faith in the sacrifice. Well, we're out of time. Can you imagine that? We're out of time, and we plan on being here again next Friday like we are every Friday morning. Don't just like this message. Share it with the multitudes on social media. God bless you. We love you. See you next time.